Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Happy Friday, March 19th. We made it through St. Patty's Day. We've made it through another week. Thanks for being here, Greg and Mara. Happy yeah. to be here. Nice to be here today when it's so sunny outside. What a nice day. I know. It is absolutely amazing, although I think the snow is literally coming back yes. maybe tomorrow or the next day. So get out and um, enjoy really? it, it is? today. Uh, yeah. I know. It's coming up soon. You know, they say March is in like a lion, out like a lamb. So mm-hmm. we're supposed to have great weather coming out of March, and then April showers bring May flowers. Mm-hmm. It so. never works out like that. I feel like we came in like a lamb, and we're only like mid-March right now. It's only the 19th, so there's so many more days left for the roller coaster. Yeah. We're in a little drought, though. Yeah, so little, could use little water. lion weather is okay. I'm totally into global warming. Are I want I just want warm weather all the time. I want warm well, weather all the time too, but I do enjoy showers and sometimes I'm actually a very <laughs> fast showerer, is that a word? The other day though, I was solving the world's problems and I got out and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I don't know how much water I just wasted, but I got really busy thinking stuff." You can't waste water. You, you can't. can't. Yeah, okay. too much information here. One year I bought my staff um waterproof. They make paper and and pencils that you can use in the shower Ooh. because my best ideas come there. Yes. I thought everyone's did. So I gave this all to my staff to which they were like, what, what? is wrong with you? I'm like, this is the best thing ever. So for the longest time you, I had a, see, you are, I would you agree would, either you're running not a or conservationist, in the shower. Are you? That's, you, that's just, you, you just want to waste water just drawing inside <laughs> the shower. I, I, I look I'm to appalled. you to guide me. I am this, appalled. <laughs> my wife hates that I leave the, the water running when I brush my teeth. She thinks she should turn it off. She's correct. I would agree. Really? But do you when do you that? turn it off, you should make sure that you get all the toothpaste down <laughs> because I don't like it when people leave that in the sink either. No, so I always wash that. I know. Conserve so and be clean. But Conserve I keep, the, I keep the water running when I brush my teeth. I don't care. Yeah, but I'm, you I'm have crazy that way. I'm just crazy just that way. Wild. You are choosing the wrong way to rebel against. I know. Let my hair down. Just go. Have nuts. you ever tried brushing your teeth in the shower? I've never done no. that. But I know some people try to what? work those two together. Yes, because you can have uh, your mouth wide oh, open please. and get yes. way in the back. No I mean, way. I have only had one cavity in my whole life, which I blame on children because you are more. They apt ruin to everything. Get, yeah. Yeah. No. I don't know. This wasn't on the list no, of topics. Was, I don't know where we're going here. <laughs> you never here. know where you go. So what is happening is in this, <laughs> no. this podcast? So now that everyone here knows that we shower. We're <laughs> all naked under our clothes. Let's get to the naked truth of politics in the great state of Utah. Uh, we are at almost the end of the bill signings for uh, the governor. And I think he signed 300 and something. There's 500 in total. There's been a lot of talk about, is he going to veto? Mara, is he going to veto anything? Or was that just... Big talk or maybe a way to get people to get to the table and make so, some decisions. So, you know, one interesting thing about this is he's holding back some bills that are that have a little controversy to it. The mask mandate. Which, which you want to look at and say, oh, you know, the general course of action for a governor is if they're going to sign something and it's controversial, you kick that bad boy out the door yeah. right at the beginning. Yeah. And he's been, what, petitioned a couple times this week. And he's had, he's been the um, object of some of the public's sort of rapport. And you wonder... 
If Does you're not like going to drama? be right, if you're not going to mm. veto these, why would you have set yourself up to be the stage for these conversations? Why wouldn't have you just, you know, signed that, kicked them out the door a while ago? So one has to wonder a little bit about the strategy there. Uh, I'm not hearing serious rumblings about any vetoes. Um, no, you know? he, uh, two things. One, he might not sign. You know, there is that right. provision that if he doesn't sign it, it just automatically goes into law, and maybe that's a, a message he wants to send with some or he bills. He doesn't that, want his name on sure, it, but it still goes into he's law. He's going to let it go, but it, it's uh, it's one of those you know hold your nose moments for the governor. I, look, I from the outside looking in, I thought that that he and his administration engaged very well with the legislature. Mm-hmm. Uh, him be, right. having been a former House member, I think he understands the process really well. Uh, he's known legislative leaders for a long, long time. And so they got upstream on a lot of issues that that potentially I think he would have uh, vetoed otherwise. And Agreed, so I yeah. think that, you know, in his state of the state, he predicted and, and kind of called the shot that he'd veto more bills than any governor before him. Uh, but uh, looking at the level of work and engagement that uh, the Spencer, that the Governor Cox and his administration went through during general session, I, I would be surprised if there's any big issues that are vetoed because I think he got involved in those issues uh, upstream. Yeah. And the mask mandate everyone's been waiting on, he's made it fairly clear that while he's not excited about it ending April 10th, he also knows that if he were to veto it, he'd lose um, some political goodwill there. And it could also just be sit back to him five yeah, minutes well, later my, well, my prediction, I mean, he's, he's kind of called out the legislature in, the, in that uh, negotiation. He said, look, we did negotiate it. He's not been shy about being engaged yeah. in that. But he is making sure that the public knows um, – as you know, as the consequences of what we do roll forward now, the legislature can have more skin in the game and they can have more accountability by by having these demands of the mask mandate ending. And so whatever happens going forward, don't forget, you know, this is what the and legislature wanted. he did frame wanted. that up really well. He right? did. I mean, yeah, he, he did uh, say here would here would be the responsibility. So and, I, yeah. and the provision is really clunky, but there are some provisions where local jurisdictions could um, – Salt Lake County and Salt Lake mandate. City will absolutely, I'm sure, on April 9th, For sure send they out will. their press yeah. release. And there's yeah. conditions around that, and it'll probably only be able to be extended maybe 60 days before, hopefully, knock on wood, the conditions are all met um, for it to be released. But yeah. yeah, And some of those conditions might be met by moving up the date now for anyone 16 and older in the state. By March 24th, you can sign up to get the vaccines. Uh I don't know if they're moving them up because there's not enough people to fill those slots. They're trying to keep them full or just trying to move the timeline along. But March 24th is the big day, I guess, that everyone in the state of Utah can giddy up. Yeah, big change. I mean, it'll I, you, you get the impression that it is because perhaps the lines aren't very long. And so does this help ease that up? I still do have some questions with the state about focusing on minority communities who are really disproportionately still not getting vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And I do think opening it up to everybody takes away any complications, but I would, I, I, the state has put some money into directing it at target audiences. I think it's really critical now that while you may open it up, the state and the counties, I hope, continue to do active outreach to those at risk and those in the, the black and brown communities. Yeah. So we'll I want to practice chivalry. I'm going to open the door and let everyone ahead of me in line. Everyone, everyone can get their vaccination before me. I'll just go ahead and let them go. And it's probably, I know I, I see you're so judgy. You I see your eyes so just look, judgy. you're so you judging me right now. And you're just judging. You're just, and so oh, at the very I won't even least, look at you now. You've got 90 days. A lot of research. I say six months and I'm right. going to, they have tests that you can see if you have the antibodies and until I see a test that says that I am absent those antibodies. I'm yeah. not worried. I'm Superman right now. I'm My not antibodies are rocking and rolling, and I had 
the virus about five months ago because I get blood okay. tests um, regularly for thyroid, and so you can check and see if they're still there. Interesting. You know, yeah. I, I'm telling you that there is not there is not settled science or studies that tell you that you lose the antibodies in 90 days or any amount of days. They have not studied this well enough to know. There's the theory or the worry that that's the case, but I think that, you know, again, until I see it, that I'm absent those antibodies, I'm not doing it. And so I, it in could a be rare, like chicken like, bridge you could have it with forever. you for the moment, I mean, what I think is important for all of us is that we stay conscientious, right? So whether your path is whether your path is to vaccine or not, and but you have a rationale that you're being safe and you are trying to keep those around you safe. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we should all yeah. be. Those who are sort of denying and are are making it a cultural or political protest. I say not right, not with a pandemic, but there are lots of means to keeping yourself safe and still honoring what you feel is the right health path for yourself. And so I look and say, yeah, let's be there. But as long as we're all conscientious about it, right. That's okay. Conscientious and educate yourself. There's going to be things that are good for one person that's not good for another. There are always um, side effects to getting to COVID. Ask the people who can't smell right now, uh, people who've gotten really sick or long haulers. And then there's people who've gotten the vaccine and have side effects too. Mm -hmm. So decide what's best for you, your family, your life, and try to be a good Medical freedom. We should be able to make these decisions. And and, and I I like that you said that, Mara. So reasonable that that you would take that medical freedom position. Uh, But but look, there's this... weird uh, leap of logic when when people say that if the mandates and government edicts go away then people won't be responsible or they won't wear masks or they won't take precautions i don't accept that premise We're i don't think it takes people don't we want to take care of our yeah, I, I just don't think it takes not a government a premise. Edict it's to do. actually proven out over no. and over this no, is true under yours if you wasted 16 years as a lawmaker if we don't need no. laws to govern ourselves if we all no, just laws Lord are different the fly, than these mandates that we got going on look ah. it's like i thought that there was a hearing yesterday um i know we want to wind down this topic but uh senator rant uh Rand Paul. Rand Paul. Paul. He, he, he and Where Fauci he went back Fauci. and forth. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'm I will with say Fauci. this. Team Fauci. Yeah, I, I thought, and he's a physician. So his background is he's, he's a physician. So let's, he's an eye doctor. Let's, when he says you've, you've received the vaccination and you're double masking, do you not believe that your vaccination has worked? Do you think you're going to spread it? When you double mask, what is that other than theater? I, I do think there's a, there, that if you, and it, he made the additional point that if people that get vaccinated do not see the ability to travel, to not have to wear the mask if they're vaccinated, why would they do it otherwise? And so, and so the leading designated scientist true. in this area responded to him. So we had a doctor who's not the uh, specialist in this area. He's an eye doctor, assert that. So then the man that we have put in charge of being the leading scientist in this area answered his question and said, you're incorrect about that. It's not theater. In fact, there's a lot of science. And he went on to explain the science. And I never heard him say why the wild virus versus the variant kept him double masked. I, I didn't, do think I didn't there's hear a lot the of connection. politics that goes from science too. I've actually spoken to a couple doctors recently who said their belief is in their own practices that once you're vaccinated, you're good. They encourage uh, people to get vaccinated, but you don't need your masks anymore. And they think it's confusing and doesn't do a lot yeah. of good. And I've spoken to other doctors who feel like it's time to be done with masks, but they say they feel like they can't speak out, even though their doctors themselves in the same range, because it's not a politi- politically expedient or they'll get canceled or they're, you know, going to lose their license. And so I do think we need to give people the freedom to speak what they believe their mind and their gut tells them to. And I, my worry science, is it's just a science has never decided. There's always different ways to look I'm, at I'm, it. I'm just worried. There's a little bit of, um, 
just trying to compel behavior. If, if you get the vaccinate, if you get vac- vaccinated and, but you're told you can't take your mask off and you still can't travel until everyone is. So all those people that decided not to be vaccinated until they do, you can't, you can't experience any freedoms or, or not have to wear the mask or you're not supposed to travel. It pits us against each other because you, you've done what you felt was right. You got vaccinated. You feel like you should be able to travel now, but you're not allowed, or there's right, argument so that you should private shouldn't. businesses have and decided I worry, that I don't your want calculation is incorrect. I mean, you, what you're doing is wanting to side with one over the other, and I'm saying so the same goes for a retail business or an airline, that if they want to restrict, if they don't feel Harman's has like you're making... That, they have, yeah. and I respect that. Yeah, I think but, they're making their Mara, own decisions but as well. The, but you've made my point because the airline industry just lost their minds when when Fauci said that if you're vaccinated you can't tra- it's still not safe to travel the airline industry came out and said whoa whoa whoa, whoa. we can't, people need to start being able to travel so that market is not isn't driving that decision so i'll also call us on this discussion and say some of this discussion isn't productive in my mind because what we should all be doing which is what we are all doing is this does seem to be progressing the united states does seem to be seeing light at the end of the tunnel yes. in many areas right and so i think we need to still like i said i think it is an individual decision mm-hmm. uh, there'll be consequences to that decision this is a pandemic there's complications to that and you may decide you'll give and take in the manner in which you feel fine about but we're also progressing on it which is nice and i think we should take a minute to celebrate a little bit more that that I don't think I feel quite as intense um, and heavy about it as I did a few months There's ago. There's certainly really light, light at the end of the free. tunnel. Absolutely. There's light at the end that of the tunnel. Stuff. We're it's talking true. about letting kids have proms and graduations. CDC and this morning said things. three feet instead right. of six. That's right. a, I think that, anyway, that's, that's another issue that came up politically before CDC made its scientific, you know, foundational decision. But, but there was an important study out of Massachusetts that showed that three feet yeah. would would yep. not uh, put children at risk or students at risk. So I'm glad to see the CDC responded to that. Yep. So. I think so far schools have been a very safe place. I don't think we've seen a lot of spread. I think it's been more the outside of school activities. So mm-hmm. Unless it's a Go college schools. kid coming back to my house as a super spreader, that kid of mine. Your kid needs gave to it, stop having yeah, so much fun. Yeah, she's like more you know, no social distancing in college apparently and then coming to visit mom and dad at our house. Interesting. Yeah. All right. I had it down till she did that. You did. <laughs> and that did. was your downfall. Hey, I want to talk about a couple of bills that have been signed really quickly that haven't had a lot of attention, but um, House Bill 228, no more mug shots will be made public until a person is convicted of a crime. Where do we feel on this? As a news person, I somewhat have concerns about this because how do you look for a suspect? Because oftentimes, I guess they'll have been convicted before you've got an old mugshot. Or are there reasons why we want to show Mara? Do we hurt people when we show their mugshots before they're actually convicted? You know, this is one of these simple heart issues, right? On one hand, you're like, yeah, there's a body that says, yeah, I, I, I'm not convicted. So you're yeah. showing me. And what we do know is we'll all watch the news that says, ah, oh, you did a horrible thing. And yeah. actually, if you were acquitted a few months the later, I doubt any of us are really paying attention to that. We that pay is attention, the, right? That is but the here's way. one thing that becomes very interesting as I think about this. What if you're a high-profile person or whether you whether what if you're a person of trust? Like, what if you hold an elected office? And, I mean, I guess in that case, you don't have to show the that shot you show we'll another show shot, their head shot you will yes. show their 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 glamour shot but it does make it interesting about do we have the right to know and in some instances the arrest was made on some pretty good foundational work um but all i mean i i do get the argument that says well i'm not guilty so why are you giving me this round of asserted guilt yeah 
One th- question that I have with it, because I do, I mean, if you put yourself in the shoes where somebody put your mug shut on the news and you ended up being innocent, you're like, you know, your life could be ruined for right. it. But I'm trying to think of an example, but Ayula Ajay, who um, ended up pleading guilty um, to a horrific murder, we used his mugshot once it was there. And I think about a case like his, where using his mugshot put his face on TV. So people who'd known him for a dating app or previously came forward and said, could help. They were able to help track him down or track where he was to help solve the case and make sure there is a conviction. And then there were other women who came forward and accused him of sexual assault as well. And without showing that picture, can police place that person where they need to to end up connecting all the dots for the crime and get the tips they need? And would those other people from previous crimes have come forward? I don't know. So, you know, this bill was a lot, well, uh, worse. Worse is beauties in the eye of the beholder but this bill was a lot more prohibitive as it was originally drafted law enforcement engaged in this issue with the bill sponsor and tried to find a happy medium some common ground i have a new perspective because i binge watched that show that netflix show night stalker the crime doctor oh my gosh so i don't know if you i'm 51 i started locking my doors like i went after i watched this thing i go check my front door i I did but i was like making extra sure when i was done watching that thing but if they, honestly, how they found him, uh, he was actually identified in a East uh, Los Angeles community from a mugshot. And that mugshot was from four months earlier from something unrelated to being the Night Stalker. He had been arrested for vagrancy or something, but there was a mugshot yeah. uh, without a conviction. But <laughs> I didn't put that together last night. But as we're talking about this now, it was that face once they knew who that person was and they put it on every front page in LA time, all everyone, the media, because yeah. it was such a media story at that time. It was back in 85. The people recognized the images cause it was terrorizing Los Angeles for months and months. And, uh, they are the ones that the community apprehended him from those, from that mugshot, from it being on, uh, being pushed out by the media as much as it yeah, was you even the very day it was famous cases where it didn't help solve a crime, but let's say Brian David Mitchell who kidnapped Elizabeth smart. Ultimately that trial took years and years to play right. out. No one really had video of him. No one knew what he looked like. And so for years of coverage, we would be talking about this elusive person, but never showing people who this was. And I think seeing him and understanding and there was a lot that came with that. So I'll be interested to see how this plays out. I do see why there's benefits that you don't want your face on TV, but I also see that there's benefits in maybe solving crimes with it. So, yeah. And this is maybe a bill that needs reconsideration or tweaking. I mean, it mm-hmm. may be, it, the line maybe needs to be redrawn perhaps next year. So more uh, to come look, on it's, this it's, it's what we're d- grappling with right now. There's a lot, you know, public safety. We, we, I think sometimes we take it for granted, public safety and the order and the safety that we enjoy, our kids going to school, our businesses, our homes where we live. Uh, but we also want to be careful that there's not, you know, brutality and things happening, you know, uh, to people through, you know, by law enforcement and things. But that pendulum swings. And right now we are really challenging some of our premises of public safety by yeah. really going and scrutinizing law enforcement. I'm going to tell you, we've got to be very careful with that because there's a lot of bad people out there that, will not be impacted in any negative way as we, you know, as you see these bills coming yeah. out there that uh, go after law enforcement. And so public safety is a big deal. And we got to, you know, remind ourselves of that 
and not get carried away in the politics. It's true. Public safety is important, and also we live in a social media age, too, where once your mugshot's out there, it's out there it's for out life, there. and it, you can't recall it if you're trying to get a job or do other things. So I understand there's repercussions. I do want to say a big congratulations to our new Interior Secretary, and she'll be heading here. So if you haven't heard, Interior Secretary Deb Halland is going to be visiting Utah. She's the first Native American to serve in this job, which I think is super interesting because a lot of these lands we're talking about that there's questions over our Native American lands or surround them, and having someone who understands the conversation and is part of it will be exciting. She is headed to Utah. Um, our entire congressional delegation, the governor, all of our local leaders have asked that we have a little extra time to look at Bears Ears and Grand Staircase. Do you believe that this is kind of um, for show that she's coming here, Greg? Or do you really think that she is interested in talking to people and trying to figure out the best way forward for our federal lands? I don't want to be cynical because we I'm hoping that she's really yeah. here to listen and to learn. Because I was involved when I was in the legislature with uh, asking President Trump to reduce uh, the, the, the National Monument in Bears Ears and Staircase Escalante. Uh, that President Obama made in that, you know, designated that last month of his presidency. And Clinton, the staircase Escalante, was in his last month of his eight years. But but we did have Secretary Zinke at the time that came, and we toured this area, and we looked, and, and it was a learning experience for me. I, I attended that tour with him where I had thought that there wasn't any part of Bears Ears that was worth preserving as a national monument. This is something that Teddy Roosevelt began and started. We didn't have a environmental protection agency. We didn't have some of the things we have today, but but he did say by executive order, we should be able to preserve some of nature's greatest, uh, you know, treasures that we have in our country. And so, but it, it was one size versus the millions of acres you see the national monuments take on today, um, somehow always in Utah. But anyway, when I went through that and we, we have toured it treasures. by- when we, te- when we toured that by helicopter, I was astounded that my my takeaway was there are parts that I can see why we would want to make a, a national monument, where I was very cynical of the entire exercise of a national monument before yeah. I went there. Uh, there was a, That was a great learning experience. And it also, it's interesting, and I hope someone points this out, if you, and I might be, I might be warning them too early by saying this now, if you see a banner from the Utahans, Okay, U T A H A N apostrophe S. They're not really from. They're Utah. not from here. The, okay, good. The Utahans. Uh, I don't know where they're from, but the Utahans, when they have all their banners up for you know the Note the, to self, the media protesting. Yeah, okay. that's uh, that's always kind of a you know that shows that they're not really from here. But I think it's interesting. You'll see there are Native Americans that care about that area and feel that the national monument designation uh, restricted access to some degree that or it created traffic and more people that wanted to hike or it became more uh, more publicized so it actually created more foot traffic than they thought the area was receiving so there's a balance and i think that if uh, the secretary comes and is really open-minded i I think the story is a blend i don't think it'll be as uh black and white as uh maybe the politics have been very open-minded of you greg yeah Yeah, very open-minded i mean so someone who would want to restore uh the the whole thing designation i will say I, I like the Republican uh, delegation has said this is a good start because I do think the Biden administration and this secretary should be given credit for doing what has been heavily criticized in the past, which is don't not showing up, yeah. right? Yes. So they're showing up and they're having the conversation. And I do think that uh, she is going to listen. I mean, this is a sophisticated woman and a woman who is clearly 
balanced culture in her career and her whole life experience. And that's why you want people with the lived experience that she has because she's, she's toggled this her whole career. And so I do think that, and I have appreciated that our delegation has said, yeah, we're recognizing that Biden said, go. She has said, I want to go. They are willing to put feet on the ground. She's not doing a yeah. flyby because, you know, a common trip is, you know, I, yeah, I touched down and then I left. They're not. She's staying for a minute. I think she wants to have the conversation. I do say, I mean, if she comes to a different conclusion than you, I don't, and, and you set this up well, Greg. I mean, if she thoughtfully considers um, and comes to a different conclusion, I don't know that that's just because she's closed-minded. I think she may have a different point of view than the Trump administration. Well, remember, uh, well, the, we had asked, we'd asked President Trump to rescind completely right. the monument, but what? He, but those monuments remain. There are national monuments yeah. in Bears Ears and Staircase Escalante. They were just pulled in and are actually closer probably to the Teddy Roosevelt model right. that they had done. I, I, I'll just say this. Her presence is absolutely important, and I think it's significant because when – Bill Clinton announced the Staircase Escalante uh, National Monument. He did it from Arizona at, at, the, at the Grand Canyon. Yeah. When President Obama did it, he was in Hawaii tweeting it, showing pictures of Arches National Park, which has nothing to do with Bears Ears. And that was the, pic- that was the image he sent out by tweet. And so it, it's not lost on Utahns when there's that kind of yeah. that, that disconnect. And so this this visit is important, and I will not be cynical about it. I am burning well, a candle that those prior this is going to be an eye-opening experience. Michael Levitt, when Clinton designated that, just went apoplectic, right? He yeah. went he went out of his head. That's a great use Go, of apoplectic. It, it, mm-hmm. and, and I just thought, oh, man, you, you sow what you reap, my friends. I mean, come on. Yeah. You were shocked that President Clinton didn't come speak to the Republican delegation. It seems so naive. So I, again, want to give extra hats off to Biden for not taking that traditional, hey, Utah's and a red state. I'm not interested in it. That's not their point of view. And hats off to President Trump. He didn't rescind. He, he sent his interior secretary out. They did an exhaustive right. tour, and they re- kept those yeah. national monuments, but they just paired them back. Which is important. I think the important part is that we're all talking about protection and the protection is a double-edged sword that we everything is a double-edged sword but when you protect something all of a sudden people are like "Ooh, bears ears grand staircase i haven't heard of that you see pictures online you want to go and i think about the trips i go to zion national park it's like the disney world of outdoors where there's more garbage and more foot traffic and more people and so while we're protecting and setting that land aside we're also abusing and using it. it and highlighting it too and so there has to be a careful balance of yes we might be keeping oil drilling off but we're inviting the whole world to come here and sometimes as humans we're not nice Th- to these places that, that we come to that exact uh, scenario you described was happening there there's there's search and rescue when people hike and they get lost it's a volunteer effort and we i spent time expensive, yeah spent time with a, a gentleman that does that by way you know he volunteers and does it and he said that in the years past, I don't know, I can't remember how many search and rescue uh, operations they had to do, but since that designation had happened in December to May, it was more than, just in that so December to May, that six mm-hmm. months was more than the year, more than a year or two years collectively before that because it brought so much attention to that area and the foot traffic and the people coming to hike that area and discover it uh, was a lot more. And so you can make that argument, is that actually preserving some of the, because there's some stuff there that, 
Craig, I think locals you're, you're arguing about. for mandates. I mean, like you no, want to mandate just saying, the behavior. I want to. I just want to just pare it in and make it smaller. <laughs> I like issues. it. I like it the size hey, that President we, Trump we made. Will find it that was this really is good. One of the best assets that's ever happened to Utah to keep these designations. And, yeah, and we will be a more and more special place keep to live exactly for, as they are for now. generations how they are because now. of these. Designations. I'll be excited to see what happens. We can all gather around the table after she's been here. So she's going to come and say, you know what, President Trump had it right. He was exactly right here. He, I don't know what I could add to We're the good work that chance. he and Secretary Zinke wow. did. You That's just, what he's going to say. You just expressed your dreams. Yeah, I'm, nice. I'm optimistic. All right, do you know what? There's one place I know you two do come to the table and sometimes have discussions on the inland port. Did you, either of you, go to the most recent meeting? Yeah, I did. <laughs> did you sit next to each other or did you sit on opposite sides of the room? No, so, I mean, this is, a, they put the port meets quarterly. Um, yeah. This was their quarterly meeting. Once again, there was a lot of a lot of theater. So I'll give, I, I have a, I I think I have a very different seat at the table than Greg does, but you're right in that we both are pro-port. I will tell you, I am pro-port because I'm an environmentalist. And um, anyone who says differently, so the, the port jurisdiction currently is in Salt Lake City. It lives on the west side, which has been zoned for mudes- mudes- mm-hmm. industrial and municipal development for years. Salt Lake City has granted the terms of the agreement. So if you hate the warehouses out there, call your mayor. If you don't like the truck traffic, call your mayor. If you don't like the pollution, call your mayor. The west side of Salt Lake City has been largely ignored and needs more infrastructure, I say, as a Salt Lake Uh, city resident. And so I like the port because it's a state agency that's intended to mitigate those. Now, is it going to bring more? Yeah. I mean, it'd be naive to say that it's, it's not focused on enhancing the logistics network, but they're also doing the most innovative thinking when it comes to deconflicting. And that means fewer trucks, which means emissions, which is universally all of our concern is air quality. Mm -hmm. And those who say, you know, you don't want this, we all want better air quality. It's impacting every one of us. But deconflicting the trucks, putting more things on rail, that takes away traffic. Light is a huge concern if you live out there. They're the first ones that are bringing solutions to the table. So ironically, I mean, I, I, I'm not as sanguine or high on a personal level about the economy. Um, I don't spend as much time growing, you know, systems and big business. Uh, I really like what they can do to impact the environment. Yeah, I love economies. I love people with, being able to work, support their family, pay their mortgage, feed the kids. It's it's a really amazing process. Now, I, look, I uh, the, this is the part I'm excited about, and and you don't hear this from the the, the people that criticize the port, and that is a, it's a statewide system. It's not one location. It's not one area with a fence around it. So we're hub and spoking it still. Yeah, I don't even call it spokes anymore. I really think that these systems, I mean, you can access coastal ports from different, there are direct lines from coastal ports along the West Coast that come in, to, that arrive in the state of Utah in different parts of the state. So the Long Beach, Los Angeles port, uh, there's a, there, it's the U.S. government built it during World War II, but there is a spur that's been out of uh, service for probably 20 years but it's built, if it's repaired, it is a spur that goes directly to that, from that Los Angeles, uh, Long Beach line yeah. that comes through Utah. And there is a spur right there in Iron County. Uh, there's, there is also connectivity to uh, Beaver County and, and others. So there are places that it doesn't all start. It, it's not all coming, you know, into just narrow hourglass into Salt Lake County or Salt Lake City. You have Weber that has a direct line from the Oakland port that comes across the Great Salt Lake and into Weber County that would not be in Salt Lake County. And so as you see these and in these roads, we have so much cargo flow on our our interstates, our freeways. It started with the Intercontinental Railroad. Everything kind of spurred from there uh, in terms of infrastructure, transportation infrastructure. And so 
the whole state sees this kind of uh, activity already. If you can capture that value of the cargo flow and you can start connecting rail in a more efficient way, every rail car takes three trucks off the road. That should be good news to everyone. That should be something that we're all supportive of because, as Mara pointed out, the trucks are uh, polluting and they do have uh, they do impact our air quality, especially in the Wasatch Front. So, look, it's a system, uh, and I'm excited about that. And when you get out, off of the Wasatch Front, but more particularly if you get out of Salt Lake City and Salt Lake County, you will find communities that have seen their counties because we have 29 counties in the state of Utah. We have a few. And uh, there are many counties that have been shrinking census after census. These communities are, their young people are leaving because there's not economic opportunity. Wouldn't it be nice to see Utah grow, not just in four Wasatch Front counties out of 29 only, but see other counties around the state be able to maintain their population, see their families stay close to home, have opportunities for careers. Uh, That's what this is all about. And I think that that is, for the criticisms or worries I hear, this system is going to mitigate and actually address, I don't see another path to address your population growth. Mm-hmm. If we are going to grow, if you keep shoehorning it into four counties, uh, we're going to have some of these problems. But I Heidi, think. to your setup, one thing that's going to continue to be so interesting about the port is for whatever reasons, it's the epicenter of a lot of drama and theater. And it's the it's the focus of so many People critics. weren't thrown out of it this time, though. No, At least I didn't so hear like, about it. That's I, exciting. Exactly. There's, there were no that's arrests the, that's, made. There that's what's no so arrests. great about Zoom. How do you throw anyone out on Zoom? I know. So, and um, yeah. I do want to mention that there are a couple dramatic things going on behind the scenes because uh, the Supreme Court's agreed to hear Salt Lake City's case saying that um, the Inland Port Project was kind of taken away from their jurisdiction. And SB 243, I don't think has been signed yet, and that's the Infrastructure Banks Bill, which would give $75 million for the Inland Port Projects. So I guess that's another one we're waiting on the governor to see Yeah, so the, the spring court will be a big moment, right? It's yeah. been a couple of years in the making. I want to say it's at the end of April, like the, in the 20s, sometime in April, the fact that the Supreme Court took this case. It's really from there, the, the court's point of view, it's a local jurisdiction issue, as you said. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's about mm-hmm. who has what controls. Um, but the fact that it's coming to a head after many appeals um, will be interesting and I hope put some of the, the drama to rest and the the it looks like the legislature has appropriated 75 million to go to the port for in fact these 29 county infrastructure plays it, yeah there's not a jurisdictional area in the rest of the state so yeah. it, it's gonna it's exciting to see that the port can be partners with different regions of our state and the counties in those regions where they have rail and they have freeways and this cargo flow of, of you know trains and, and trucks already coming through how do you how do you uh, create value from that and so yeah. it's exciting i think it's the most momentous uh occasion since the passage of the bill that created the inland port this is kind of now you're going to start to see things happen we're going to quit circling it and talking about it and now we're going to see we're going to see people the come together ocean containers this is going to sound <laughs> weird this is a weird fetish i have of mine but i like stacked up ocean containers a lot of them are like red nice. and kind of a turquoisey blue color and i just like the contrast and they look kind of pleasing yeah. to my eyeballs yeah. then you i will like, like it them. so i will like it pretty it'll be my instagram shop right. place i'll go there just yeah. to get my photos taken with my family it'll be the new thing instead of standing in the middle of the railroad <laughs> i could wonk out about that whole thing but Heidi's I family I'll visits spare the podcast. Uh, yeah. we don't take family pictures so it probably <laughs> won't happen um we have so many more issues and i'm like oh which ones do we get to first uh utah is going to be getting a lot of stimulus money hopefully people at this point in the great state of utah are receiving their 400 dollars per person in their accounts i've heard a lot of people have 1400 uh, Yeah, $1,400 per person. Um, 
So I think the question now is how people will they'll spend that, uh, the stimulus. I was going to pull it up here on my phone. I forget how much money is. It's a lot. So let's see. $1.52 billion will go to the state. Uh, local governments will get about $1.1 billion. Another $1.1 for other government agencies, $704 million for the individuals. Those are the checks that we're all getting, uh, $3.76 billion total uh, there, and $8.39 billion for all of it together. It's a lot of money the state's getting. Can we spend this wisely, Mara? It's a lot of money, and they always come with deadlines and when you have to spend it. Yeah, I think it's a three-year deadline for most of these projects. 2024, I think, I, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, the state is a big enough economy that they can do um, – they, they can do some creative budgeting, legal but creative budgeting, where they can probably get it into play. Who's really interesting is this bill really focuses on local governments. I mean, you see local governments getting almost as much as state governments lot, do. Yeah. And they designated by jurisdiction, so you're notified how much you're getting. And in many instances, what will be interesting is how the local jurisdictions, can they produce this, can they put this much money in? What we know from the CARES Act is you can't give it back. There were... the, the, the the same formula was used mm-hmm. for the CARES Act, and there were some local jurisdictions who were like, oh, we got $20 million, we used 15 we'll give you the others back. At the time, whether it was Trump or Biden, the Biden, the, the federal administration said, no, we're not taking money back, which I, I think is a problem meant for many of us philosophically. Yes. But but that happened under both administrations. And what will be interesting is if, if I were a local service district or, frankly, if I were a citizen that had a really good project that fell into water, sewer, and 5G infrastructure, anything with telecom, remember there was a city that built a tubing hill, I would say contact your local county commissioners and share yeah. some ideas because there's some opportunities to really spur local economies and actually inject local businesses with some business. Um, One of the ironic things about this infusion is we know that steel prices are up, what, 80%, Mm -hmm. and construction, labor, Mm -hmm. and wood is up 50%. So in a weird way, this infusion also allows local governments to pay the rates right now, um, the incredibly high rates that it is to build anything. Yeah. Can we be smart with it? Because I know sometimes when you have a bunch of money in your pocket and it's burning a hole, you just go buy candy cigarettes or whatever you do. <laughs> oh, they don't sell those anymore. I was thinking about my banana uh. seed bike days. But you know what I'm saying? You just got money and sometimes you don't think through it very clearly of how you'd like to spend Is the Utah money. Is Utah going to buy the big screen TV? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, look, I, it, it, it's sad. I, I think that this is a this highlights – I mean – we're at. We're hoping that these political jurisdictions and will find ways to spend the money wisely. It highlights that the need might not be there for all of these entities to receive the amount of money that they are. The, I would. I mean, there are certainly sectors in our economy that were impacted by the government decisions. It wasn't a natural economic cycle. It wasn't that yeah. you know they, they just had to live or die by you know economic conditions. The, the, there was a change, and there was people have been forced to change behaviors and not congregate and not go to restaurants. There is absolutely factually business owners and, and peop, employees that have been impacted terribly by this this pandemic. And so helping them, you, you get no complaint from me. I don't think the numbers you rattled off necessarily help those that have been so that have been most impacted by by this coronavirus. So I would say that I would hope that there's smart ways to, to leverage these dollars and long term projects, infrastructure projects are positive. That's a good thing. It's not I mean. I don't know about this tubing hill. I read it too, and I that I don't was know, infernal. Maybe, yeah, maybe I don't understand all the context of that. But, but I will say that this could be inflationary as well. And uh, when you start sending out money in this kind of, I mean, the Biden Harris administration saying shots in arms and checks in pockets. I mean, it's breads and circuses right now for this administration. 
Does it have an inflationary impact? Does it, um, does it do what they intend it to do? I do know that not Utah, but in other states, uh, their cities need this money desperately because they made decisions that they don't get to print money, so they're broke. They don't have anywhere else to go, so this is a lifeline for them, but that's yeah. not the case yeah, so in our the state. the feds aren't indicating inflationary behavior from this, to be clear, and we're ultimately in the kind aren't. of a... <laughs> oh, please. I'm going to go with the Fed over over okay. politics for a minute. So, I, I mean, I do think that there's that. I do think there is some... Um, there's some cleverness in spreading it out among different kinds of governmental jurisdictions, and that increases the likelihood of it being well spent. Because while I agree with you in some areas that it's formulaic, the federal government always takes a rather formulaic point of view, yeah. and that it creates waste. And we've all said it. I, I think there are there's money coming to Utah that Utah doesn't need. I do say that's different, though. Can Utah spend the money wisely? Those are two different questions. So I will that, say that is a good I will say that yeah. doesn't mean that the state and the jurisdictions won't find clever ways to help local people. And what I think we want to say to our local jurisdiction is, yeah, you didn't ask for the money. You maybe didn't even need the money, but you know your needs. So be be smart uh, about that putting just that struck me. Yeah, so if we're going to be $2 trillion in debt on the federal level, right. let's make smart decisions exactly. here. And I think if you have a good idea, call your mayor. I have, a good, call I, your I have one that just because, went right yeah, across my head exactly. right now. What? I want a tram at that airport. Okay, I want them to have a truck... <laughs> That thing is the worst airport. You got to walk for miles to get to your gate from that airport. That's what I've heard. I haven't flown uh, since the new airport. It is unreasonable. I get that. There, I know there's a tunnel for it for I'm that sorry trip. You had to exercise. Put that money in there. Okay. Get the tram in <laughs> so, there. It takes you an hour to walk anywhere. I, you, you. So know there, the that's my rant. director. I, we would like a report back next Friday on how that conversation went with you. Yeah, airport. I'm gonna say this is where you had to leverage those dollars so that you don't punish yeah. people. No, I mean I do want to separate because we've talked a couple times about do we need the money, and I, I don't know that we totally yeah. do in every instance, but that does not stop us from spending it well. Uh, you're right. I, I will concede that. I think that, that, that now that you're getting it. Please yeah, <laughs> find right. ways yeah. to be, you know, do stupid things. Be yeah. smarter yeah. than the federal government yeah, was be, and do something wise with it. And, and and you never lose out when in a growing state, improving your water systems and your transportation infrastructure and your in your broadband and your your communication networks. It none of that will do us wrong if we if we invest in it. It is things. true. And when you brought up the water. Um, this goes back to the showering earlier. This is why we we're talking about it. We are the second driest state in the nation, and we had um, an emergency drought um, declaration made by the governor this week. So that's a good reason for us to only shower for about 60 minutes instead we'll of buy 70. more water. Buy more water. Truck in water. Get some bottled water. Gallons at the grocery store. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We've already talked so long. We're at 40 minutes. Do we want to take oh. a few more minutes to talk Republican issues and Democrats, or should we just save oh, it till we'll, next they'll week? They'll be around next week. All right. We do need to talk about it because um, Derek Brown did announce this week that he's not seeking a second term. Um, That's right. So there's room for maybe Greg Hughes to possibly take another <laughs> unpaid job and yeah. <laughs> leave the GOP. Uh, so we've got issues because yeah. I think both Republicans and Democrats in the great state of Utah are having an identity crisis, and they're going to have to have a moment where they figure out who am I, where do I want to go, and what do I want to accomplish. So yeah. let's all think on that this week. Okay. Yes, I, I won't launch from that, but I don't know that the name you just proffered is – the best name to it's lead not, the party going okay. forward. But we, but we, I can't wait to talk about this next I week. feel like if you led the party, it definitely would take maybe a more right lean than a left lean. As it lean. should. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, it would. It would. It's for the, and you know what? It's it not even right over. anymore. You it know what it is? The Democrats over. have walked away from the hardworking <laughs> men and women of this country. It's just the everyday people now that You're the Republicans represent. No, that's I'm nice. not. Chairman Hughes. No, I'm not. It's just that. That's what the party us. is now. You guys... 
Democrats are now the socialists. They just want bigger government. They want shots in arms and checks in pockets. That's right. Can that's I say that I if I never see another shot in another arm, I'd be Amen. fine with it. I'm just like so over it. Amen. I don't know if I want people to start bearing their butts or what, but I just want yeah. different As video. a needle phone well, with the coverage yes. is killing me. If I'm supposed to get a vaccine sometimes so I don't get judged by Mara and have her look at me like she does, uh, can we stop hearing all the stories about how horrific the second shot is? Everybody, I, I just keep hearing these <laughs> terrible stories. It's like, wait a minute. I thought the point was not to get sick. This sounds worse than what the coronavirus was for me, at least. I, I, it's not a motivating factor, so right. I don't want to hear that either. If you do get sick, we wish you the best. And Ignorance please is bliss. Side effects to just bears. don't tell me if you want me to take it. My gosh. I love this music I have where I can just make us stop talking. I know. It's good. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> tell your friends about the fun it's better than you than have the mute listening button. to take two. Bye-bye. <laughs>